Story number one. Normally, Governor Arlak would be enraged to have his meal interrupted. Today, though, the Dorlak watched as the message in amusement, realizing this news was good. An unknown race appeared on the screen his aide had brought. It was asking in Babel for a diplomatic meeting. Babel was the universal language established over 40,000 years ago when the demons of Babel ruled over the universe. The alien on the screen was a little taller, but otherwise not very noticeable. A bipedal with two manipulating appendages and a face that was only notable for the intensity and slightly unsettling eyes. They must be new to space. Asking for a meeting with us, I am almost flattered since most races have the sense to flee the demons of Babel. The governor laughed to his aide and guards. Invite them down and bring the emissaries from the food races so that they can watch. Let me remind them who we are. As the governor Arlak said this, his lips pulled back, revealing his many rows of sharp teeth. He couldn't help but admire his image. His obsidian claws contrasted with his immaculate white of his teeth, both notable from the shiny red of his pelt. Amongst these species, he knew that he was extremely attractive. But those same features are what made it easy for everyone to believe the Dorak were the infamous Stevens of Babel, from almost every race's ancient lore. As he turned back towards his meal, he couldn't help but look forward to the next quarterly intergalactic games. The aroma of cooked alaric and the avian species native to this planet already had him salivating. I am sure glad we will tell them that we send the winners of each season to a tour of the galaxy to compete with the others for their life. He briefly mused that there were truly the demons of Babel, as even they had legends of how the demons would take those who misbehaved away to be punished. It was only for a fleeting thought before a delicate flesh tore its thoughts away from back to his meal. Kotza had looked at the summons in horror the demonic governor was summoning emissaries from all the slave races far too early for their entries into the quarterly intergalactic games. His questions had left him with more, looking again at the messenger. Did he just at least say why he wanted me there hours before the other diplomats? Only that a host was needed for a new guest, sir, the messenger replied. With that, the messenger gave a sympathetic look before leaving. All alert on the planet feared and hated the Dorlak masters, but their military had been destroyed long ago. They had been enslaved for as long as any amongst them could remember, so they never hoped to actually fight their oppressors. He resigned himself for whatever fate held with a sigh. He went into the kitchen and let his paramara and hatchlings know about his summons. There was a strong chance that he may not return, a fate many of his predecessors had met. Above the planet a new satellite was orbiting. It was a giant ring made of dark metal that would flare up faintly as communications and intelligence were sent through it with hundreds of drones that were disembarking from it, reaching its century-long voyage. Those communications were sent via wormhole technology to a planet on the far side of the galaxy, down the longest leg of the spiral arm. There they arrived at one of the many manned stations. This one happens to be run by Commander Thresher. As he watched the replay, he found much of what the drones were reporting disconcerting. Already, it was clear that this was a police state and that the Dorlak were in charge. 
The other races they had encountered had told them that the Dorlak were legendary demons of Babel, but this was humanity's first contact with them. After weighing his options carefully, he reported his findings to the General Carver. He would navigate a diplomatic unit to the planet to evaluate firsthand what he was finding. The diplomatic unit Simon was designed to appear and speak like a pre-adolescent child of about nine years old. Previous first contact encounters had taught them that an alien races reacted best towards this form of humanity. Commander Thresher knew firsthand how tenuous the, such contacts could be. And this was already looking bad. Humanity has been shocked to discover that Tamal of all the languages was the language of Babel, which they knew it to be one of the oldest languages. But somehow humanity seemed to expect Sumerian to be the demon tongue when they learned it from them. Regardless of the language, we spoke through translation software that easily handled the conversation as it was one of the oldest languages. Commander Thresher wasn't even worried when he was notified that General Carver was coming down to watch this contact personally after reading the brief. Slavery was something that humanity had outgrown but was one of the many scars that the race carried into the stars. To see it in a new contact was always disconcerting, but depending on how rational the race could be, it was a challenge that we could often overcome. As the Commander Thresher prepared for his diplomatic android for travel, he ensured the shuttle was properly set up and its neural net in the connection to Simon was strong. Kotsa had been shocked to learn that he would be charged with meeting the newly discovered race. As he stood in the official uniform on the brisk breeze of the morning, he could almost feel the black, pedigree eyes of the Dorak guards. Can I warn this race somehow, save them the enslavement from the Dorak without risking Coulter and our young? His mind raced, but all hope was quashed by the fear of the repercussions on his family. I know my life is forfeit in this role, but perhaps I can do something to help this new race avoid our fate. He silently thought of watched contrail form in the sky from the approaching shuttle. He could feel his gut clench in worry and anticipation as he prepared to welcome another race to this form of hell. As the shuttle touched down, Kotza was shocked to the size and cleanliness of the shuttle. The shuttle looked far too small to have crossed the great gaps of space that bore none of the normally scarring from micrometeors and other debris. As the shuttle lowered onto the landing pad, the door seemed to disappear and he was shocked at his first glimpse of the diplomat. It was such a small creature covered in soft skin, large round eyes and with no natural weapons. How could such a species ever survive? Greetings, my name is Simon. I'm here to represent humanity. It is my privilege to meet the first with your race, though. I'd assumed I'd meet with the Dorak first. The diplomat began to Kotz's surprise. It was Babel almost perfectly. Like that, it was natural for them to speak the ancient language. Kotza took a deep breath and stepped forward. Greetings, Simon. I am Kotza of the Alerk. This planet is our birth world, and I have been asked to help prepare you to meet the governor. I must warn you, Governor Alerk is brutal, even for a Dolak. Kotza started, and only surprised when the creature's skin pulled away from its teeth. 
Despite the initial shock, he was assured by Simon with such a gesture was a smile, an expression of amusement, yet that smile never seemed to reach the human's eyes. Those eyes, blue eyes, were becoming more disconcerting the longer he looked at them. They seemed to take in everything like they prey, an animal watching for dangers, yet focused on like a predator hunting when they so desired. Am I underestimating this race? Could they be more dangerous than they appear? Kortzer briefly hoped before again looking at the small statue and the lack of any appearing weapons. Please come with me and I'll escort you to the, um, greetings chamber. We must not keep the governor waiting, Kortzer said with a gesture towards the building. At this the human smiled. So Kortzer, since we will be waiting, please tell me about your people. Simon had, as they said, walked towards the complex. Kortzer paused mid-step surprised and mildly alarmed. Normally, any directed attention was a cause for alarm, but Kotze observed Siren and noted again at his non-threatening nature. The human seemed innocently inquisitive, reminding him of his own clutch. Kotze spent much of their time together sharing many aspects of their culture and what remained after the Darlak conquered them. I find you have a varied and fascinating culture despite the challenges of your people face. Where we come from, we have smaller cultural units called families, with a bonded partner and offspring. Does your kind share this as well? Asked Simon to the vigorous nod before continuing. Would it be impolite to ask of your family, Kotza? Kotza was shocked at first and soon found himself enjoying the company of Simon. As he looked into Simon's open calm face, he found himself sharing stories of his family and even ended up talking about some of their cultural events. The happy and defining moments of his life such as his upcoming hatchling's emergent state. Knowing their brief moment of privacy was about to end, time was coming up. Kotza decided that this race was worth warning. Simon, please know this. The governor will try to determine your location of your homeworld for the Dalek invasion fleet. My assignment was to try and get this from you, but I'll try and spare you their fate. At this, Simon seemed to smile again. There was a genuine humor in the voice as he replied. Our home is Earth, in the Orion arm. I am transmitting you the coordinates, if that helps. But, uh, if the Dana gets this, your race, Kotze began, only to see the human smile increase. Don't worry about us. I'm here as an emissary, as we wish for peace. But given what I've seen so far, I suspect the distance involved with getting to our world will be daunting. Simon replied with that grin. Kotza couldn't help but notice the sharp teeth mixed in with the flat. Don't underestimate the demons. Their kind once held the entire universe until they were driven from our worlds. Kotza replied, but Simon's grin did not seem to fail. Your worlds and people are beautiful. They are no place for demons. He replied and Kotza didn't get a chance to respond as the door opened and they were summoned to meet the governor. Governor Arlak almost laughed when the human emissary came in with the Alurk emissary in tow. He was confident that the Alurk would have finally failed enough just to justify his addition to the meal plan. Ah, so this is the human representative, he growled in his loudest voice. This creature is helpless, all meat and bone. I think our ancestors must have created them for food. The human responded by pulling the skin tight and upwards around its mouth, the teeth not showing, though a slight impression from the block of the structure could be seen. 
Governor Arlak, I presume. It is a pleasure to meet you, and the other races under your governance. Looking around, there are many species here that have not yet met. We come in peace and look forward to many years of such. Ha! <laughs> Arlak barked. He was shocked at how smooth the babel rolled off the creature's tongues. Impudent race, aren't you? Are all the humans as scrawny as you? At this, the human's face seemed to move again. Lips almost straight and eyes dull gray turned towards it. Actually, no. I am representing an adolescent human. Adults tend to be larger, but my role as a diplomat is not to threaten. I wish to be clear, we desire to live in peace. My name is Simon. Arlak almost doubled over in laughter. Your race sent a child to bargain with the demons of Babel. Am I to take you as a sacrifice? Where is your race from and why are we only not finding you? And Simon smiled. Your Russia, Kotsa, was very kind in keeping me company on our way here and has our homeworld coordinates per your command of him. They will do little good though, we are far from here. And as for my role, it is that of a diplomat. Should I fail in that role, a diplomat far more convincing than I will take over negotiations. Very well, human. Arlak deliberately refused to call the prey by name. What do you propose? Humanity would like to try a start by requesting permission to open trade with the colony and requesting a place for an embassy. This would allow us to open dialogue and learn each other's cultures. We have heard much of the demons of Babel and would like to know more before making any decisions of our own. Simon stated flatly. He had moved away from the Aurelek and was a little closer to the governor. They were in the open atrium of the governor's plaza and the sun made Simon's golden hair almost appear to glow. Arlak was shocked at the creature's bluntness as it laid out proposals. Most species showed fear or aggression when faced with the Dorlak. This creature appeared to show neither. It almost appeared indifferent. For this first time in his life, Arlak felt a tinge of something unnerving, and the cause was from the child, no less. Perhaps my counteroffer is more in line with how our relationship will be, Arlak snarled, determined to take over control of the negotiation. I will not tolerate any race making demands in front of my charged emissaries. For this, your life is forfeit. The next diplomat to step in will negotiate your unconditional surrender while our fleet moves towards your homeworld. Alec, what are the coordinates of this foolish creature's homeworld? Alec's anger was only fueled by Alec's delay in response. His guards moved upon the insubordinate creature. He turned and pulled his blaster and shot the human diplomat. Even as he watches its blue and green blood spill around its body, he watched as they entered into coordinates on the solar map. As the map zoomed in on where they were, Arlak could feel his fury build. That's impossible! Nothing can live that far down the arm! Those planets are all too unstable to support complex life! He lied to you! Even as he said that, he was bringing up his pistol towards Alec deeming her headshot best to preserving the meaty breast, but he was brought up short by the movement of the human diplomat standing back up. I guess you were harder to kill then. Arlak began before the extremely harsh and glutteral babel came from the creature. We came in peace, sending you representatives of a child of our own, and you respond by trying to kill without provocation. So be it. We will be there shortly to negotiate. 
Turning towards the arrayed emissaries brought to witness the spectacle, the human emissary made no attempt to hide the enormous damage to the chest cavity, showing the organs that did not appear to be fully organic. Pieces of metal were clearly seen coating with blue blood. I would ask the rest of you to consider your and yours race's response as we discuss with the new governor of this planet our terms. I am sorry, but we really did want peace. The eyes of the bright red, as these last parts were said. After that, they went blank, dimming to nothingness, as the body went rigid and fell with a thud much louder than such a small frame should. What just happened? Alak screamed in silence, descending upon the room. All stared at the body until the alarm started. Commander Thresher had notified General Carver of the issue Simon was having. They were both watching the stream and monitoring Simon's feed. As the alien governor had decided to execute what represented a nine-year-old boy, the commander could feel his temper rising. No sooner had it appeared, though, than General Carver took over the line, taking direct control of Simon. As Commander Thresher listened at the general's message, he initiated the Fallen Angel Protocol. The ring, silently orbiting the planet, dropped its smaller inner circle. This circle began to orient itself towards a set trajectory to ensure the ground troops' insertion was the seat of power. The larger ring began to radiate where the life of the small one was free of it. As the ring radiated energy from the wormholes humanity had just connected to it, it glowed almost a yellow-red, as though the ring was on fire. The first ring was entering the atmosphere as Atlas-class carrier's fleet began to exit the first ring. Their job would be to secure the space. Kotsa could feel the shock as he watched the dead diplomat's face starting to turn dull, the alarms in the background almost forgotten as he stared at the body before him. He knew that Governor Alak was not going to let him leave alive. Why are the invasion alarms going off? Humanity couldn't have responded so fast. He began to think when suddenly a loud crack came from the sky and something burning from re-entry fired rockets to slow its descent. It still slammed into the governor's place at the end of the great hall, embedding in the bottom lip of a ring into the polished stone floors and tearing a hole through the roof. What is? was as far as Kotz's consciousness train of thought went before the ring suddenly illuminated with the first an orange aura that quickly moved towards the bright red, looking like a flaming eye. In horror, he stared as a mist began to move from the outer portions of the ring to reconstruct a monster in the center. While it bore some similarities to Simon, the creature that emerged and the six that followed were giants by comparison. Kotza could tell all present were shocked by what they saw as far as a ring of fire and the first human stepped forward into the room leveling what he realized was a weapon at the governor. The governor never managed to get a word out before the bright green flash hit him, effectively removing much of his torso. Even the guards did not seem to know how to respond as more of these creatures entered the room. A few moved as though to fight but quickly joined the governor in his fiery death. As silence descended upon the room, the first of the monsters spoke. Gentlemen, my name is Commander Thresher of the Human Expeditionary League. Governor Arlock made it clear where the Dorlocks stand in regards to humanity. 
Any dual act surrendering will be given a fair chance at joining our society after we establish some ground rules. Those who fight will die. The amplified babel rolled off the creatures echoing through the chamber. As a cold, expressionless plate and power armor turned towards the diplomats, Kotzer felt the dread as it seemed to settle in on him. In the background, he could see several of the monsters appearing and working with the remains of Simon. Kotzer, as our first civil contact, you are now governor as you and your race decide how you wish to proceed as free people. You are now under the protection of humanity. We come in peace, and you need not worry about the Dorlak response. Given their reputation, we made contact on all the worlds simultaneously. The clipped method in which they were stated, he realized that Dorlak around him were the first time looked scared. As the other emissaries around him stepped away and looked his way, Kotze's realization of the full situation dawned in him. Sheepishly, he asked, What should I tell everyone? We come in peace, dammit. People will be scared because power is being overturned. Put your planet back together. We will help how we can. I am your emissary from Earth. Humanity is here to fight your demons. Commander Thresher replied as he stepped over the smoking remains of the prior governor, back towards the portal. Now if you'll excuse me, I need to get my luggage and see that Simon is put back together. Simon will recover? Kotza asked in disbelief. Of course, he's a cyborg. He is a machine and my partner for peaceful negotiations. As he walked past, Kotza could just hear him mutter under his breath. I guess that's why only our or did the demons fall to earth. Looks like everyone else had to drive them off. We must have buried them. Kotza stared in disbelief at the back of the adult human, walking back into the ring of fire and stared in horror as it disappeared into the flame. In the back of his mind, he couldn't help but wonder if he just had met the true demons of Babel. End of story.